This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Great to have you here as always. Wow, a lot of news to cover today. Uh, We have the accusation from a Donald Trump tweet, no less, that (laughs) the previous administration... Now, that doesn't mean that Obama ordered it. It just means it happened under Obama's watch that the previous administration. um, Well, here's what he said. How low has a wrote on Twitter? How low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate, bad or sick guy. Uh, That's a that's a huge accusation. And I, there's a lot that I want to say about this today. I have a lot of, of uh, <laughs> a lot of feelings that I want to share on this one. Um, and let me just first start. It was retweeted. I think this is the most retweets I've ever seen, except for maybe the guy who broke the Bin Laden, the Bin Laden had been killed in the Bin Laden raid. And it was maybe about the same amount of retweets. Uh, 50,000 retweets of this. I've never seen 50,000 retweets of anything. So obviously this, this struck a nerve. And the whole press corps, everyone all weekend now has been in something of a uh, of a frenzy, you know, because think about what the, what this would mean. The accusation, put simply, is that uh, Trump is well. Trump is claiming here that under Barack Obama's time in office, there was a FISA warrant, a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act uh, warrant that was. Now, this is from the President of the United States, by the way. FISA warrants are usually classified. The President is saying that a classified intel collection system was used against Trump headquarters, servers at Trump headquarters, and that there was tapping of some kind, you know, phone, wire, etc. going on at Trump Tower. Now, the legality of this is interesting. We'll get into that. But also the politics of this are thermonuclear. If you have administrate, if you have one administration of one party that is using counter espionage tactics, for political purposes against the would-be opposition party administration or even the uh, elected administration in, in waiting. 
we are in a we are in a, a place of political danger uh, in this country that we have not been in uh, certainly since the '60s. But, but full stop. Uh, and and I don't even know if that covers it. Uh, this is an explosive allegation, truly, and we have to we have to work through this. I want to work through both the, the facts of the legality of this with you, and then get into a, a bit more of what I think is possible here. Uh, on the political side, I do want to say that this could be untrue. This could be inaccurate. That Trump has not has not provided any evidence yet that this was happening. And there are a lot of people uh, that have come out, including James Comey at DOJ and another uh, Clapper, the DNI. Here, actually, here's Clapper. You don't have to take my word for it. Here's Clapper himself. Uh, they're all saying this is not true. So here's a former DNI Clapper. Since tweets. Uh, yesterday, uh, this idea that maybe President Obama ordered an illegal wiretap of his offices. If something like that happened, would this be something you would be aware of? I would certainly hope so. Uh, I, I can say, obviously I'm not, I can't speak officially anymore, but uh, I will say that for the part of the national security apparatus that I oversaw as DNI, there was no such wiretap activity mounted against uh, the president the, the president-elect at the time or as a candidate or against his campaign uh, I can't speak for uh, other title three mm-hmm. authorized uh, entities in the government or uh, a state or local entity. Yeah, I was just gonna say if the FBI for instance had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance would that be information you would know or not know? yes you would be told this I would know that if there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this um, Something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. There is no FISA court order? Not, not to my knowledge. Of anything at Trump Tower? No. Well, that's an important uh, revelation at this point. Um, okay, I mean, let's, let's get into this for a second. You got the former director of national intelligence, which, side note, a job that didn't even exist until after 9-11. So, you know, uh, I mean, the DNI does have a lot of access to things, but it's a bureaucratic layer for a huge. It's a bureaucratic layer heaped atop huge bureaucracies. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to explain that one another time. I'm not sure how that makes any sense, but I digress. So he says, I can deny it. And then he says, to my knowledge, it can't be both of those things. If it is absolutely not the case, then it should be he should be able to say it is absolutely not the case. There should be no hedging, no if, ands, or buts here. Um, and, you know, that's that's where this is. Uh, but he says, to my knowledge, and if the FBI was doing this, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, would, this, would the DNI necessarily have been in on this because of the sensitivities of it? The DNI, of course, is uh, appointed by the administration. So, I mean, he's Obama's DNI. Keep that in mind. All right. You have Eric Holder running DOJ. You've got Clapper, the DNI. I mean, yeah, the Senate confirmation has to happen, but this is not somebody who does not have uh, political connections or inclinations. And you can have served in multiple administrations and still be a partisan actor. It's another thing we need to stop. People, oh, he served in the Bush administration. Yeah, it doesn't mean that the person isn't a partisan hack. So um, the here's the reality of the FISA. Trump saying that there's a FISA tap on him is very interesting for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, um, when you get into this, you have to understand that the the allegation is that in June there was a FISA request against Trump or against Trump headquarters. It mentioned Trump. It's not even we haven't seen the request. We don't know. We're operating in a lot of uncertainty here. I want to establish that right from the get go. We don't know. 
and you know I don't know, and anyone who says they know, they anyone who at this point who says they know is probably lying to you. So there's a FISA tap allegedly uh, because of Russian banks connected into a server at Trump Tower. But FISA is not about criminal complaints. This is why this is so interesting to me. FISA is not about criminal complaints. FISA is about espionage, about agents of a foreign power. And because it falls under that national security realm and counterintelligence, counterespionage realm, it is really extra constitutional in a sense. It gets into a gray area very quickly. Yeah, there's a FISA court. I understand. Uh, most people will tell you that, first of all, Pfizer, uh, FISA courts are it's all done in secret and it's all classified stuff. And you don't have the same due process protections, of course, in a FISA proceeding as a, a U.S. citizen, for example, would in a normal criminal proceeding. Right? In a criminal proceeding, there has to be probable cause a crime was committed. In this, there has to just be reasonable suspicion that someone's acting as an agent of a foreign power. Very important uh, distinction here. And this is where you get into, look, the FBI wears two hats and it doesn't wear them all that comfortably. On the one hand, the FBI is a law enforcement organization, but it also, once you get into the national security side, acts as a counterintelligence and, well, you know, counterespionage organization, right? And this stretches back to the Cold War. And there were really fierce turf battles fought, fought between CIA and FBI over all this stuff. And I just you know, would like to, to point out that this is not all settled yet. Right? I mean, the sense that the FBI is, is still sometimes acts a little more intel, uh, intel-like than it should. And people recognize that and have concerns about it. Um, they realize that there's a lot that probably should not be, um, you know, there, there's a lot that the FBI maybe should leave to non-law enforcement organization because if under national security auspices you can get information and then prosecute it under criminal auspices, under the criminal procedure, well, then what's the purpose of uh, Fourth and Fifth Amendment protections? What's the purpose of any constitutional due process protection? Because they can just do an end run, say it's for national security reasons, and then get you on the criminal side if there's anything there. And also, as we've seen, and this is where things get really messy, and there's a lot of complexity here, so I know I'm, I'm bouncing around. I'm trying to keep this as tight as I can on the analysis. But we have the phone call from the... Uh, National Security Act will soon to be National Security Advisor, now former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn to Ambassador Kizilyak of Russia. Would, was that a, I, I don't know, but I asked the question, was that FISA material? Was that a FISA leak? Because then what we would have is somebody with access to FISA is already playing politics with information that's not criminal in nature, but is politically damaging. And maybe they were trying to do the same thing with Trump Tower. Who's to say that what they would have gotten out of that, maybe they had a pretext for investigation into Russia ties with the hope that they'd find politically embarrassing material and they would have felt justified in this perhaps because of what they thought was happening at the DNC and John Podesta's email. I'm talking about some rogue actor inside of DOJ or rogue actors. But they justify the wiretap under national security premises and then they just look for politically damaging information. So it could be, this is the very important point, a FISA tap on Trump Tower could in fact be legal, strictly speaking, but it would be politically horrific, unethical, and thermonuclear because it would be an abuse, uh, a specific abuse of national security authority 
of the top reaches of the United States government to interfere. By the way, what's more, to, what's more frightening to the American people? It's a very important point to note right now. The interference in our perception of political candidates, not in the election, no one hacked into any voting machines, interference in our perception of candidates based on hacking into private email accounts by a foreign actor or the possibility that senior actors within the United States government itself were using and abusing their authority meant to keep us safe in some of the most important national security challenges we can face, which espionage and uh, counterintelligence matters are at the very top of the list, that we would or that, that somebody may have abused that within our own government should be infinitely more terrifying terrifying to the press corps, to all of us, than what the Russians did. But you'll notice it's not. You'll also notice that in all the discussions of this, the journalists, they are willing to believe with zero evidence to point to that Donald Trump is part of a massive international conspiracy with the Russians to throw the U.S. election. Journalists believe that, and, and that Trump is guilty of treason. But they will not believe that, and they are already dismissing, and they are circling the wagons, and the statements they've put out on this, you can see them yourself. There's a lot. It's very fishy. They already believe that something, I'm sorry, that nothing happened here with Trump Tower and this FISA warrant and Trump's accusation the President of the United States is just a liar. That's what they're saying. He's just a liar. Meanwhile, you have multiple news reports out there, um, and I know uh, fellow radio host Mark Levin was on Fox and Friends laying out a number. He just was reading from news reports. New York Times, The Guardian, established outlets talking about these FISA requests. That's been established, that there were at least FISA requests of some kind. That was leaked out there a long time ago. So this is not being made up out of whole cloth. We can start there, and the people are treating it like it is. But given that you've seen the um, reality here of the leaking of classified information on Flynn's phone call already to hurt the administration that may have been collected under, may have been collected under five. We don't know. That's never been made clear to us. I don't know. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Russian ambassador. You know, you do the math, everybody. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm not not saying. And so you might have already had FISA disclosure possibly here in order to hurt the administration. So this looks so this wouldn't even be the first time this trick was being attempted. It's already been done or I'm sorry, it could theoretically already have been done. I'm not sure it was FISA, but it was definitely classified information released on Flynn. I mean, a, a private citizen's phone call with an ambassador and the content of that call. It's even more sensitive. Uh, that was that's already out there. We already know this is this has been done. And now they're telling us that, well, that's just not believable. We can't buy into that. That's all nonsense. Why? They're going to have to give me more than just, well, because we say so. And they've been calling for investigation, investigation, investigation to Trump Russia ties. Okay, well, I want want disclosure. I want investigation here. I, I want to see what was happening. Because if Obama knew, and let's think about this for a second, if there was a DOJ active FISA surveillance in place of Trump Tower in any capacity during the freaking election. Think about that. Okay, this is specifically for identifying and monitoring agents of a foreign power. You're telling me you're treating Trump Tower as as though it is a den of, straight up a den of Russian agents. And the Obama administration is doing this. You're going to tell me Obama didn't know about it? You're going to tell me that Obama, I mean, 
if people keep saying, and David Axelrod made this argument, and I I went, I explained on, on via Twitter briefly why his argument sucks, um, but you can you look at this now. You got Axelrod making the case that well, there must be something there if they approve this Pfizer warrant. Oh, so that's the justification now. So there must be something there because they may have used this authority to monitor Trump connections to Russia. Uh, if there's something there, we should know about it. And I also believe that a more astute analysis is if there's something there, we would already know about it because Trump would have been under surveillance for months. Does anybody really think if Obama's DOJ had election-changing material on Trump being complicit with Russia to, to get involved in the election in some capacity, we wouldn't know about it? Of course we would know about it. The more likely situation, if this is if the basic premise here is true that there was a FISA tap, is that they justified it under this Russia hunt, whether they believed it was real or not, didn't find anything worthy of having a FISA, uh, a FISA tap on Trump Tower. And now they realize if the American people find out that this is true, it's all over for the Democrat. Forget about it being all over for Trump because of Russia. It's all over for the Democratic Party. It's all over. So... I mean, you know, I, I never want to hear from Democrats again. I'm already pretty close to that anyway. But I'm just saying, this is wow. This is wow moment, uh, my friends. All right, we're going to do more Russia, Trump. And this is big stuff. And uh, I got to take you through the Axelrod argument, Valerie Jarrett. We got clips to play. Team, strap in. We got some very important uh, heavy lifting to do together. We're going to get to it right after the, uh, well, Quick, a quick segment after this, and then a longer one. We'll get into it more. Stay with me. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source, like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. All right, team, welcome uh, back to the Freedom Hut with me now. Uh, We got a lot to cover here, so I know we're going to be doing a a lot of this for the next hour or so, so stay with me here. Uh, We've got Chuck Todd on Meet the Press with Chuck Schumer, Senate uh, Democrat leader, and uh, he's saying that no no matter what, of course, uh, Trump is in trouble. Well, that's, of course, the Democrat point of view here, but let me just play it for you. Let me ask you this. This morning, the president's press secretary came out and said the following... Reports concerning potentially politically motivated investigations immediately ahead of the 2016 election are very troubling. 
President Trump is requesting that as part of their investigation into Russian activity, the Congressional Intelligence Committees exercise their oversight authority to determine whether executive branch investigative powers were abused in 2016. Is that a fair ask of this administration? Well, look, President Obama has flatly denied that he has done this. And either way, uh, Chuck, the president's in trouble if he falsely spread this kind of misinformation. That is so wrong. It's, it's beneath the dignity of the presidency. It is something that really hurts people's view of government. It's civilization warping, as Ben Sass, a conservative Republican, called it. And I don't know if any president, uh, Democrat or Republican... I just, I just can't take Schumer. I think he's so so underhanded and gross but uh i love this this notion that no matter what even true not true doesn't matter trump's in, trump's terrible and he's in trouble uh look this is i guess what you would expect from chuck schumer on this but uh, you know they're saying this is not true uh, you go through the sources read them the new york times the guardian elsewhere there were FISA requests reported why so the, those so those papers are lying about that but they're not lying about all the other russia stuff why would they lie about that Someone explain that to me. So now we're picking and choosing where the media and its anonymous sources about Trump and Russia ties are real or not, including this, the, the same media organization. They run one. New York Times runs one story based on U.S. officials on Trump. That's false. Another story, U.S. officials on Trump and Russia. And we're supposed to think it's true. Well, well, which is it? It can't be all of the above, but they're just this is going to get so ugly, my friends. Man, it is going to be out of control. Um. I'll work through more of this with you on the other side of the break. Uh, 888-900-3393 on the phone lines. Team Buck, we'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Sexton. Team, welcome, welcome back. So we've got a lot to cover here. There's allegations about Russia and Trump and FISA. This is just, this could turn into political mayhem really quickly unless we get to the bottom of this and get some answers. So uh, let's let's take the statements made here by um, uh, by Michael Mukasey, who was the Attorney General under the former under the Bush administration. He's Martha Raddatz of ABC poses a question to him about all this, and here is how he handles it. I don't do tweets and for good reason. It's not it's not the ideal medium in which to get an idea across. This is the difference between being correct and being right. I think the president was not correct, certainly, in saying that President Obama ordered the wire ordered uh, a tap on a server in in Trump Tower. However, hold on, hold on. So I think this is important to note. And he's going to get into this. if Obama, if it was under his administration, first of all, he's ultimately responsible for it in the sense that he's the commander in chief. This is a matter of enormous importance to our institutions, to this country, to our government, that you would have a FISA tap on the Republican contender, uh, the Republican nominee for the presidency. I mean, well, what, what could be more high high level than this? If this happened, I'm not saying Obama ordered it. But I cannot believe that if this happened, Obama did not know about it. And if he did not know about it, or rather, if he did know about it and did nothing about it, well, isn't he complicit in it? 
Is, isn't he then allowing this to go on? And, and people say, well, Buck, he must have had a reason. Okay, then tell us the reason. We have a right to know. Enough of the insinuations, enough of the games. I want to know, if President Obama really thinks that Trump or one of his top advisors is a Russian agent, is a spy, I want to know. Because contrary to what the Democrats seem to think, and I believe many Republicans, a majority of Republicans and conservatives are with me on this, if Trump is a traitor, I want to know. But I don't believe Trump's a traitor because there's zero evidence that he's a traitor. This is like saying, well, Buck, you know, if a member of your family was an alien from outer space that was sent here to spread a plague to kill all of humanity, wouldn't you want to know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd want to know. But I don't believe that's the case. And there's zero evidence that that is the case. So can someone explain to me why I should have all these discussions about that with them? Okay. So that's one note here. Mukasey goes on. However, I think he's right in that there was surveillance and that it was conducted at the behest of um, the attorney of, of the Justice Department through the FISA court. And, and what do you base that on? I base that on news reports uh, that you mentioned in, 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 the last, in the last spot. I also base it on a kind of inadvertent uh, blurting out by Adam Schiff that his committee wants to talk to the counterintelligence agents at the FBI who were involved in this. Now, what that means is that this is part not of a criminal investigation, but of an intelligence gathering investigation. The FBI has got two functions. They All right. So, see, I was talking about this before. This is what's so important. There's a lot more leeway for intelligence gathering than for criminal uh, investigation. And with good reason. Right. Because if the Russians are trying to steal our, you know, our nuclear technology, we got to know about that. And we don't care what we got to do in terms of listening in on phone calls or whatever to find out about that. Quite honestly, that's really the way our government runs. Uh, Yeah. If there's U.S. citizens involved, there are protections that apply. But even once you start talking about FISA, those protections get pretty slimsy, uh, slimsy, pretty flimsy pretty quickly. So uh, that's important to note. So then this idea that there must be a reason. Well, the reason is if somebody's in contact with a foreign government or foreign entities and the FBI wants to make a case that they need to they need to keep you under surveillance under FISA for that, it's pretty easy for them to do. Because, and also, this is all going to be based on classified sources, on classified information, not going to be exposed to the public. And this could have all been done in secret, and they maybe thought they'd get away with it. Maybe this was, let me just put this out there to you as an idea. Maybe this was a surveillance fishing expedition by the DOJ, which we know, because of what they did to Flynn, is willing to use dirty tricks, classified information, and other tactics in order to hurt the new administration. Maybe this was just all about trying to find something to destroy the Trump administration. And maybe they didn't find anything and they thought they could just shut this down. Right. It sort of reminds me of the Hillary server. People always act like, well, Hillary had to come clean. No, Hillary almost got away with the whole thing. If, if you don't have the what the Guccifer hacker and, a, and if, if there's not a few incidents that happen that we find out about Hillary's private server in Benghazi and the hearings and where's the emails. Uh, if those things don't happen, Hillary gets away with that whole private server thing, scot-free, nothing, nothing. Why would you think a fi- what could be easier than to run a FISA tap on Trump Tower? You do it. If it ever gets, if it ever comes to light, no one's going to go to prison for it because they do have the discretion if they're talking to anybody from Russia to set this up. And they figured they could, they could, uh, this is a way to open up a, a, a wiretap that would otherwise be highly criminal. And they get away with it. 
And we only know about it because somebody's leaking classified uh, FISA warn applications to the press. So keep that, the, this is the media's not going to tell you this. I will. I know FISA. I used to. I dealt with FISA. I'm very familiar with the surveillance processes they're talking about here. So I have an advantage over most of these people. Although obviously, Mukasey, the Attorney General, he knows even more about it than I do. Obviously, uh, but let's hear what he has to say. They investigate crimes and they gather intelligence. They started gathering intelligence in 08 based on guidelines that we put in place. They tried to get, apparently tried to get a wiretap based on their criminal investigation function in June. That was turned down. They then tried to get and got a, 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 an order permitting them to conduct electronic surveillance in October. This is October of 2016. So that's when apparently that's when that's when. And again, you're basing this on, on news reports as well. And on and on and on Adam Schiff. And, and, and Adam Schiff. Right. If if a wiretap did exist, it would have to have been approved by a. Fi- Let me just say, so this is a very important note as well, that if they went with a criminal wiretap and they were turned down, that means that using normal procedure of probable cause, and normal constitutional protections. There was no justification for this wiretap. But then they went back and they came up with some story, it seems, about how there was a national security interest here. You know, this is not too far away. And I'm not being a spiritual. And again, I don't know if these taps, if this tap existed. If the, we, we, these reports were basing this on New York Times, Guardian and others reporting on this. Why would they lie about this, given all the other stuff they're saying about Trump and Russia? And. Uh, given that the DOJ clearly had a leak, has leaks that are trying to hurt the Trump administration, including using classified information. But this is not that far away from, well, the NSA has been doing all this domestic sur- domestic surveillance and you know metadata and these programs that Edward Snowden exposed in this country, as well as the programs he exposed around the world, which are, is, is, is treason. That's actually, he actually is a traitor, but that's another discussion. Uh, there's no reason to expose foreign collection platforms, period, full stop, end of story. Unless we're capturing people around the world and, you know, scientifically experimenting on them, you do not, you do not uh, tell the world about how we're collecting just information on foreign countries because they don't have constitutional rights and that is a betrayal of his oath, Snowden's oath as an intel officer. Okay, so there's no global constitution, does not exist, and foreign governments are spying on us all the time. Remember that, including individual U.S. citizens. This reminds me, though, of, of people have raised this before. They've said, well, Buck, can't so-and-so get email contents from Hillary's server? You know, didn't the NSA get it? And I would say, well, I don't know. But who really knows what the NSA gets and doesn't get these days? Uh, imagine if a presidential campaign, or sorry, a president to hurt the incoming president went through the private internet activity and used national security collection platforms that the NSA is running in this country to get that information and then release to the public. Uh, this is, I, I, you cannot overstate the damage this will do to trust and credibility within our government system. I mean, this is, uh, like I said, politically thermonuclear. If this is true, I don't know, and I'm not saying it is true. We're working through the reports that we have and I refuse to allow the media to call Trump a traitor and build all that case for weeks, for months, with zero evidence. They've got people misstating irrelevant meetings here and there, and they think that is evidence of a giant conspiracy that Trump is a traitor for Russia. Sorry, that's a huge leap I'm not willing to make. 
But now we have evidence based on the media's own reporting of this, and they want us to forget all about it, that nothing happened. Sorry, not playing that game. All right, more from Mukasey. A Pfizer court based on real evidence. So if there was a wiretap, does it mean things going on between the Trump administration and the Russians? It means there was some basis to believe that somebody in Trump Tower may have been acting as an agent of the Russians for whatever purpose, not necessarily the election, but for some, some purpose. And the FBI keeps track of people who act as agents of foreign governments. They keep track of people who act as agents of the Chinese, the Russians, the Israelis, everybody. Some of the evidence may have been gleaned from classified means. Is there any way to verify these claims in the press or Trump's claims so the American people can really understand what's going on here? Um, the only way to verify um, whether there was a, whether there was electronic surveillance is to disclose the the warrant and to disclose the fruits of it, and that should not be done even in a in a political storm as hot as this one. It, given all these accusations, and I don't know about that. I'm not sure I agree with McKay. I think I think you might have to. I think you might have to know. President, the president can declassify. Let me let me just get this on record. The president can declassify anything he wants to. Full stop. That is not up for debate or discussion. That is a hundred percent true. The president can just say, "I'm declassifying this." The public has a right to know, and no one can stop him. If Trump wants to know if there was a Pfizer warrant on him, guess what? He's allowed to find out. And if Trump wants to release that Pfizer warrant or that application or the fruits of it, as Mukasey says to the public, he's allowed to do that. And you know what? I think he should. I think he should. Uh, I think he should because, one, if there is something, you know, I, I can't prove that there's nothing funky going on with the Trump administration anyway. I don't know. I just haven't seen any evidence yet. And I, you know, have some familiarity with the Trumps and just, have a hard time believing for a whole bunch of reasons I've discussed with you that Donald Trump is a traitor or a Russian agent or any of the above. But I, I want the information. I want the evidence. Uh, I'm sick of the conjecture and the insinuation. I want evidence. I want to know. We're going to be talking about this. Enough of the anonymous sources telling journalists and journalists getting to pick and choose what they want to tell us from these anonymous sources. So I think that's all uh, a very important context for this discussion you know we, we need to get down to the truth here um anyway it's it's really astonishing stuff that's happening i have to say and there's there is no evidence that trump has done the things that they are accusing him of doing meanwhile you, they're just running with that story and on this why is it not believable that there would be a a possible usage of fisa to wiretap trump headquarters why is that not believable but an international conspiracy with Trump and the Russians, that's totally believable, man. Totally. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. All right. Going to hit a break, team. We'll be right back. Stay with me. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Team, welcome back. Uh, I gotta say, you can see how the media also is very fired up about this, and they're 
letting us know which side of this they're on. Here's uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, White House spokesman, talking to Martha Raddatz on ABC's uh, This Week. Listen to this exchange. That this is a very real potential, and if it is, this is the greatest overreach and the greatest abuse of power that I think we've ever seen in a huge attack on democracy itself, and the American people have a right to know if this took place. Okay, the president, let me say again, the president said it did take place. Why does he believe these articles that that you say you cite, and and I'm saying they are not definitive, the Breitbart brings them all together, and... Uh, Heat Street, they have two sources with links to the counterintelligence community. That's it. Anonymous sources. The president constantly says he doesn't like anonymous sources. Yeah, but you know what? The media's been running with stories based on anonymous sources and acting like they're true for months now. So now they agree anonymous sources don't mean anything. Well, isn't that convenient? And he doesn't like leakers. I love how anonymous sources don't count when it's something that's positive in this administration and against the former one. You so guys, you- I got. I got to give uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders credit. She at least she at least hit that hit that slow pitch down the middle. Uh, pretty pretty solid. That was good. Here's what she got coming up. She got more. Anonymous sources every single day. But it is the president. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. But, but now the that there are new anonymous this. sources, so, it doesn't but, but matter. But what's the bar there? What What does the president believe? Look, I, I think he's made very clear what he believes, and he's asking uh, that we get down to the bottom of this. Let's get the truth here. Let's find out. I think the bigger story uh, isn't who reported it, but is it true? And I think the American people have a right to... Yep, I agree. I want to know the truth here too. There's no, I, you have to believe that there is a straight up uh, insurgency from within the bureaucracy against Trump if he can't get this answer because he's the commander in chief. He should be, a, he very much should be able to get this answer. And uh, if he asks the DOJ for this warrant, they have no grounds to withhold this from him. Uh, this we are playing with fire here, team. This I mean, when I mean we, I mean America. I mean this is not normal stuff. This is beyond. You know, this is beyond anything we saw with McCain-Obama, McCain-Romney, Bush-Gore even. This is some next-level stuff. And there are very, I have very real concerns about where all this leads if it continues on this path. But we've got to get to the bottom of this. We have to get to the truth. And uh, we'll have to see where all this takes us. Um, stay with me. I've got more for you on the uh, flip side of the break. 888-900-3393. Team Buck, back for hour two in just a few. Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is the Buck Sexton Show. All right, team. Welcome back. I know we've been talking a lot about this uh, Russia, FISA, Trump uh, situation. This enormous. Uh, dust up this conflagration, this melee over the Trump administration and all of the. Um, <laughs> all of the possibilities here of what may have happened, what, what could have been the case. 
based on everything the Obama administration, well, everything that's been reported about the Obama administration. Let me just take you through a few other aspects of this because I wanted to give you a comprehensive uh, rundown today at noon. And then tonight, by the way, I'm going to pull together all the pieces and we're really, we're really going to rip the guts out of this thing again together tonight. I'm going to be researching this all day, talking to all my sources. I've been speaking to my people in the intelligence community. I've actually, I've actually gone to the point now where I'm talking to my people. I got to know what's going on. Some of them don't know. Some of them don't want to talk. Some of them are worried. Um, but at least I'm getting some, some insight that I think the, uh, well, certainly the public doesn't have. And that a lot of journalists don't have either about, well, what's, what's real here and what's not and how concerned is the community, how much of the community is behind these allegations or supportive of the allegations and others that aren't. And I'm looking into everything here, team. Okay. So let me walk you through a few things. First of all, you got David Axelrod, uh, making the suggestion that obviously they had a good reason if there if there was I mean I'm not saying there was this is the Axelrod point but if there was a wiretap based on FISA of the uh, of Trump headquarters and and you know Trump Tower here in New York City there must have been a reason the reason could be as uh the reason could be as flimsy in terms of the justification for it as there's somebody uh, there's a active Russian intelligence officer who is looking to recruit Americans who maybe works at a Russian bank or works at, you know, something that is in contact with the Trump administration and they got to know what this guy is doing, right? I mean, it, it, we don't know, but it could be way more, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, the Trump administration is involved in illegal activity. And it also brings me to the question, what's the illegal activity? We keep hearing about Trump and Russia and, oh, what, what the what's going to happen when they find out the truth here? What are they going to find out? You know, I got news to the Democrats. If there were a couple of meetings between Trump campaign officials and Russian intelligence, where Russian intelligence was like, don't worry, we've got the uh, Hillary. We're going to take care of her campaigns and make it very difficult for her. It's a very hard time. Uh, you know, you'll be the next president. And the Trump people were just like, OK, dude, like, good luck with that. Nothing illegal about that. Nothing. Nothing. It may seem unfair to Democrats. It may seem like, oh, well, Trump should have told them not to or something. But we also know that they hacked into, uh, you know, the reality here is that they were looking at um, uh, the Republican side of this as well. I know they didn't end up releasing stuff, but, you know, this notion that Trump was in on this all along and that this was, it's just not, Supported by the evidence. So anyway, so the the Axelrod uh, point of view here, argument here is, well, there must have been something. And I'm telling you, a, a FISA warrant would have, it's just a different purpose. It's for collecting national security information and is not bound by the same legal standard, which is a pretty high standard of probable cause a crime was committed. They didn't get that. Remember, they according to their news reports, they didn't get that. So there wasn't probable cause a crime was committed. So now they're just fishing. And as I said to you, maybe they thought they could get away with this fishing expedition. But now they're telling us, oh, well, there must be, you know, you can't have it both ways. It can't be there was no FISA tap. But if there is a FISA tap, it was clearly justified. No, no, no. We, we get to know more information. We get to know more information than that. So uh, then you've got Valerie. This was fascinating. Valerie Jarrett, who um, retweeted this statement from Kevin Lewis, who's the spokesperson to former President Obama. And Kevin Lewis shared this statement, quote, a cardinal rule of the Obama administration was that no White House official ever interfered with any independent investigation led by the Department of Justice. 
As part of that practice, neither President Obama nor any White House official ever ordered surveillance on any U.S. citizen. Any suggestion otherwise is simply false. Uh, okay, but I'm not saying certainly that Obama or a White House person ordered any surveillance on a U.S. citizen. I'm saying maybe somebody in the DOJ who hates Trump, and we've already seen evidence of that, and wanted to stop Trump from being president or wanted to destroy the Trump presidency, may have taken it upon himself or herself with a small group of others with high-level access to go searching for something to compromise Trump with and didn't find it, and now people know about this, and they're trying to make it seem like everything's fine. And if Obama didn't know about that, well, then he's really derelict in his duty in the sense that he's a commander in chief and people should, you know, he's, he's ultimately responsible for the executive branch. People say, oh, book, well, is he responsible for what every employee does? Well, no, but this is high level stuff. And he's, he's not going to, I mean, there must be some oversight and accountability. If somebody in DOJ is wiretapping the Republican nominee's building and his headquarters and his personnel, you're going to tell me nobody at DOJ knows about this? Well, what's the point of having people working for people at DOJ? I mean, think about that for a second. You got a rogue Department of Justice? That's terrifying. But now think about this. Step back for a moment. See, there's so many layers to this. I've been telling you for years that bureaucracy has been weaponized, and we have proof of that. I mean, the IRS, lowest learner, weaponized against the Tea Party in an election year, no less. That happened. That's fact. It's incontrovertible fact. IRS, pretty terrifying. DOJ joining that list of weaponized. Uh, for political reasons, federal agencies, that, my friends, is a very uh, big concern. That is a huge red flag, and we should be uh, incredibly troubled if, if that is, in fact, the case here. And I, I certainly see plenty of reason to believe uh, that it is, um, that this DOJ, or at least plenty of preliminary evidence to believe that it is. But notice how th this this doesn't say it didn't happen. It says... This statement from the Obamas, it says Obama did not order any surveillance on any U.S. citizen. What about an organization? What about the what about the Trump uh, Trump's company? What about, you know, an entity? Uh, is that, you know, is, is that covered under this denial? Obama never ordered uh, surveillance on any U.S. citizen. OK, well, did did. Uh, oh, that's right. Speaking of weaponized bureaucracy, we know that Eric Holder, when he was the AG, went after uh, reporters and got the phone records of the Associated Press, James Rosen of Fox News, his phone his parents' phone records. I mean, that was disgusting what they did. And, and Eric Holder did that. Did it, for, did it under while Obama was in office. So this denial leaves a lot of very interesting holes. Uh, just it's, This is not... This is not as interesting of a or as clear of a denial as some of the you know the the lefties want to believe that it is. It's just not. It just simply is not. And you know that's. Uh, I can just see the politics of this all playing out. So we're you know I'm going to keep a close eye on this team. I'm going to have more for you tonight. Six to nine. Buck Saxon with America. Now we're going to get really deep into this topic because it's it's essential. It really is. And um, the denials that they're putting forward on this one are unconvincing to me so far. And I just, there's some, there is something, there is something going on, okay? There is something wrong here. 
I don't know what it is, but uh, look, even for Trump, even for Trump, uh, to say that there was a wiretap without, you know, if the wiretap didn't exist or doesn't exist, that's a pretty reckless thing to do. And I don't believe that he would just go solely on the news reports, but maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's made a mistake here. I don't know. We'll find out more. You got Pelosi obviously out there, of course, Nancy Pelosi saying that this deflection is an authoritarian tactic. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is, uh, I, I got to play this for you and, and we'll talk more about this. What he's talking about? Well, the president, you know, is the deflector in chief. Anything to change the subject for where the, from where the heat is. And uh, as one who has been engaged in intelligence, a member of the gang of eight for a long time, I can tell you that it's just ridiculous for the president, President Trump, to say that President Obama would ever order uh, any wiretap of an American citizen. Can I just say, uh, President Obama ordered an American citizen to be executed by drone attack without trial in secret and then wouldn't even come clean with the American people about it for a long time. Just a side note. So there's that. Any president. That's just the not, we don't do that. And so this is, a, it's called a wrap up smear. You make up something and then you have the press write about it. And then you say everybody's writing about this charge. It's a tool of an authoritarian to just have you always be talking about what you want them to be talking about. Rather than Russia, we're talking about did President Obama do thus and so. He certainly did not. And then to take it to the Congress and say, now you investigate this when he's been in, not in favor of Congress investigating anything, including what, does the, what do the Russians have on Donald Trump politically, financially, uh, or uh, personally. Uh, that, that's the truth that we want to know. And that's the statement from uh, Sean Spicer, the White House Press Secretary this morning, that President Trump's requesting as part of their investigation into Russian activity that the Congressional Intelligence Committee exercise their oversight authority to determine whether executive branch investigative powers were abused in 2016. Regardless of whether or not President Obama ordered such a wiretap, do you know if there was any such wiretap by the FBI or the Department of Justice. But we wouldn't know that. But in fact, the very idea uh, that... Uh Notice that. We wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know that, she says. I mean, that's not the tone you get from a lot of the people in media talking about this. And you've got Clapper saying, oh, no, it didn't happen. Well, Pelosi, who has, who's a House Democratic leader, she's saying that we don't know. Pelosi's the, she's just, she's just the worst, by the way. She really is. All right, there's more. Um, uh, President Trump is saying he wants his Justice Department to look into that. You don't look into something like that. In other words, if A, President Obama flat out has said we have nothing to do with this. What the Justice Department is doing is another subject. I have no knowledge of any. Look at that. Look at that. Again, there's the deflection. Not Obama, not Obama's White House, maybe the Justice Department. Okay, they leave that open. Remember the denial before from the Obama spokesman. Obama, nothing to do with that. White House, nothing to do with it. Maybe the Department of Justice. Are they still, I think they're still clinging to this fiction that DOJ under Holder and Loretta Lynch, Loretta Lynch, who sat on the tarmac, I mean, not actually sat on the tarmac, but you know what I meant, was on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. Hey, what's up, Loretta? Let's talk about, you know, like my grandkids and maybe, you know, please don't prosecute my wife for federal crimes she committed while she wants to be president. Uh, Loretta Lynch, Bill Clinton, 
have a meeting. She doesn't recuse herself, by the way, of course, as we know, because Democrats just play to win. They don't play based on principles or rules. Side note, important side note, though. And, you know, here we are, we're, we're being told, well, the Department of Justice, as if the Department of Justice getting involved in this would mean that it's not political. As if the Department of Justice taking it upon itself to wiretap Trump Tower would mean that everything's okay here. Clearly, clearly that is not the case. But that is the fiction that they are clinging to. And it is a very troubling one. It is a very troubling fiction indeed. So, uh, I mean, maybe maybe nothing happened. Maybe DOJ didn't do anything. But don't don't look me, you know, don't look me in the eye. Don't look me in, in the face and say, oh, well, DOJ may have done something, but that's fine because... You mean the DOJ where people take orders from Loretta Lynch? That DOJ? You, you think that I... Are we supposed to have confidence that that's not politicized somehow? We're we supposed to take that seriously? I mean, you must be joking, right? I mean, no serious person's making that argument. That Loretta Lynch somehow is above reproach and is nonpartisan, right? We all know that's a joke. We all saw what happened with Hillary in the email server. So, you know, Pelosi's little interview here, I thought, was very illuminating uh, in a number of ways. And I've just taken you through a lot of the different parts of this. I and mean, it's very complicated. But as you see, there's this is not a nothing. Uh, this is at least worthy of finding out the answer. And, if you know, if they, they created this whole, we must find out the truth of Trump-Russia ties. Yeah, okay. Well, if part of that was a FISA tap on Trump Tower and a Trump official or Donald Trump himself, we need to know that too. And if that happened and they didn't get anything from it, we should absolutely hold the Democrats politically accountable for what has gone on here. And possibly, depending on what, what, what was going on, uh, this, this would be, uh, I would think, a violation of any number of ethics clauses in, in the DOJ. It depends on what we find out. But if there are charges to be brought here, I would like to see them brought because this is terrifying. If the government did, in fact, use its spying powers against a political party of the opposition during the election in any capacity and they did it without finding anything to justify that spying, that is the most outrageous thing that will have happened politically in this country. Forget what blows Watergate out of the water. Not even close. Not even close. Okay, Watergate was about the cover-up. This would be harnessing the most sacred and important national security programs in existence for partisan grudge. Uh, this is next level stuff, my friends. Uh, this is really uh, something that we need to be keeping a very close eye on and watching. So like I said, I'll be spending more time on this tonight uh, for sure on Buck Sexton with America now. So uh, make sure that you join me at six to uh, six Eastern, six to nine uh, go on uh, the iHeartRadio app to listen in there. Also, go on iTunes, please, Team Buck. Down, join me in my next my next show, man. Join me. I need you with me. I need you shields high, side by side with me on this. Go into iTunes, type in Buck Sexton with America Now. Subscribe to that show. Listen to that show. Listen live when you can. Call them when you can. But uh, all right, we've got to switch topics here. I want to get some other stuff today. I'll be back in just a few. Stay with me. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network.
Buck Sexton. All right, team, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Uh, there's this piece, and I, I'm not. I'm going to talk about it more tonight in more detail because uh, I'll have more time on the uh, three-hour night show. This piece, the New York Times, leashes come off Wall Street, gun sellers, miners, and more. And it's about the, as Trump promised, he's pulling back regulations from the federal bureaucracy. And this piece is looking at what that means in, in effect. And it is just amazing. First of all, the headline. I mean, you got to start with the headline. Leashes come off Wall Street, gun sellers, miners, and more. Uh, leashes come off, huh? That's, that's, not, that's not a partisan viewpoint on this, right? That they're unleashed. Uh, these are, in some cases, regulations that didn't exist until a few years ago. We're, gonna, we're supposed to believe now that without these regulations, we're all, you know, it's Mad Max, it's anarchy, it's the end of the world. I mean, this is crazy. The piece in the New York Times goes into, you know, Wall Street back, banks like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan will not be punished, at least for now, for not collecting extra money from customers to cover potential losses from certain kind of high-risk trades that helped unleash the 2008 financial crisis. No one even knows what this law is, but they act like this is some really important law. Uh, Social Security Administration data will no longer be used to try to block individuals with disabling mental health issues from buying handguns, nor will hunters be banned from using lead-based bullets, which can accidentally poison wildlife on 150 million acres of federal land. Um, Okay, the... Uh, Social Security Administration taking information on somebody that's disabled because they have bulimia or obsessive compulsive disorder, and then that possibly eliminating your Second Amendment rights, that's wrong, okay? Because you're OCD or because you have bulimia or yes, because you have PTSD does not mean that now you're unfit to be able to defend yourself or enjoy your Second Amendment rights in whatever way you see fit within the confines of the law. What you see here is the ultimate, and I'll talk more about this tonight, the ultimate conflict in our society right now. It really boils down to those who believe the government should just be telling you what to do all the time. Between central planning, between the authority of a state that is unbounded by law or constitution, it's just whatever authority it can grab, it should. And those who believe in individual choice, liberty, and accountability. That is the central fight right now in this country. That is a central fight uh, in this, with, with so much of what we see going on. And regulation is very much at the heart of this in a lot of ways. So I, I just, you know, it, or really it, it highlights this, I should say, not the heart of this, but it highlights this. It highlights that conflict in a very profound way. So uh, anyway, I want to talk to you more about a lot of stuff uh, coming up here. We're going to close out the show strong. 888-900-3393 team. Uh, stay with me. I'll be right back after this break. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network. All right, team, welcome uh, welcome back to Freedom Hunt. I, I know I said we we're going to do other subjects. I just wanted to note that uh, James Comey has weighed in on the whole uh, Trump Tower FISA wiretapping allegation. Remember, this is Donald Trump himself saying it, so it's not like uh, we're pulling this out of nowhere. Um, Trump has said that this is going on. And now you've got FBI Director Comey. I should have noted this uh, earlier in the sh- earlier in the show too, uh, saying that 
this should be rejected. He's asked the Justice Department to, quote, publicly reject President Trump's unsubstantiated claim that former President Barack Obama ordered his phones to be tapped. The department has not issued a public rebuttal, which would be a major rebuke of a sitting president. Um, Okay, so now this is going to get very interesting because you remember that the Department of Justice, there was this big dust up where Trump, or or I think it was Reince Priebus recently, asked them, hey, can you guys clear up some of these, some of this lie about how we tried to get you to squash a story or, you know, we tried to get you to tell that a news report was not true. Now you've got a report that the FBI is being asked uh, to, um, or James Comey is asking the DOJ, rather, FBI director is asking the DOJ to issue a public rebuttal. Uh, so wait, I thought they weren't in the public rebuttal business. Well, you know, which is it going to be? I just would like some some consistent rules here somewhere along the line for all of this. I think that would be a big help for all involved. Uh, so... Okay, where else are we here? Okay, so I just want to know that. You got James Comey. He has weighed in on this, so I, I don't want you to think that for whatever reason I am uh, leaving that one out. I just got a lot to get through today on all that stuff. This story really annoys me um, because it is so obviously and clearly untrue. Uh, or it's, it's, just, it's not that it's untrue. I'm sorry. That, that's not a correct way of putting it. There making a false, a, they're making a very big false equivalency here. Um, first off, you've got Mike Pence, who's the vice president, is upset with the Associated Press because in their, they, they published information about the hack of his email account. Oh my gosh, it must be the Russians. Oh my gosh, oh, the Russians hacked Mike Pence's email account. And they put his wife's active private email account out there for everybody to see. I mean, that's, look, that's not, it's not illegal, but that's not cool. Now she's getting, of course, all kinds of crazy emails from lunatics out there who are, you know, trying to write horrible things to the vice president's wife. And, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, the, the press wouldn't, this would never have happened to Biden's wife. That's all I can tell you. They would have been very careful to excise her email address from this and make sure that she wasn't exposed in this way. And Pence is annoyed, and rightfully so. There is no, the media has just no modicum, not even a, the sliver of respect for this administration whatsoever. They just absolutely, uh, positively cannot bring themselves to treat this administration with any respect on any issue. I mean, there's just no sense of fair play. There's no sense of, this is our president too, and maybe we should you know, be cool about this stuff. It's just... be cooler about this stuff. It's just nonsense. So you have Vice Vice President Mike Pence. Okay, that's one part of this issue. Now you've got the New York Times also, that was the Associated Press and Pence has annoyed them. Now you've got the New York Times writing that Mike Pence used private email server as governor. Okay, Vice President Mike Pence used a private email account, this is the New York Times, to conduct public business when he was governor of Indiana, a practice that was legal but raised questions about the security of the communications some of which address sensitive topics. This is so completely misleading. All right. And first of all, Pence, the New York Times, in its official account, tweeted that Pence's use of private email to conduct public business echoed Clinton's use of a private email and server. That's a lie. I mean, you could say that's a judgment call, but the New York Times is not that stupid. 
I mean, they, they, they have smart people with very bad agendas who are very dishonest working there, but they're not stupid. That is complete nonsense. All right, a sitting Secretary of State is, uh, is privileged to see or is able to see as a result of her position the most secret, she sees the PDB, she sees the most secret stuff. She knows the names of sources for, for diplomats around the world. She knows that she sees intelligence community product. She knows about covert action that's going on. I mean, the, the, the Secretary of State has a tremendous amount of access to sensitive material. Tremendous. And was using a private email server, and she was doing it specifically to evade records requests so she could control what was, you know, what was kept and was on. Pence is just using a personal account. So you know what? Yahoo or Google or AOL or whomever, they have that account. It's on their servers. They, he can't clear that out. So if a FOIA request comes out for everything that Pence had in his account or whatever, they just can, they can FOIA the whole email account. And it all comes with him. I mean, it all comes out. It's completely, it's different on every level. It is similar in that they both used email and they both had private email accounts. That's it. Beyond that, the similarity completely ceases to exist. And so therefore, how is this even a news story? Once you eradicate that similarity, I need someone to explain to me, why is it? Uh, why is it that this is even something that we're talking about? They're just so desperate. And, and it's more than desperation. They're so full of rage and they want vengeance against Pence and Trump because Hillary was supposed to take the progressives into the promised land. You know, she really was. Hillary was supposed to be the difference maker for the uh, Democrat Party. You're supposed to take Obama's, you know, she's supposed to take Obama's legacy of eight years and continue it on and do all this great stuff. And they just hate Pence's guts. They just do. Because uh, this is shoddy reporting. I mean, this is low-level crap. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. And there's no way. I mean, no New York Times reporter would go on TV with me to debate this proposition. No New York Times reporter would be willing to face, uh, face me on this and, and, and defend the proposition that somehow, you know, this was all. Anyway, there's just no way. There's just no way. Um, but here they are. Here they are making this claim. And it is just a complete and total, it's a complete and total outrage. It really is. It is insane to me um, that this is, this is where they're, they're willing to go. They're willing to take it to this level where Pence is somehow on the same plane as Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, lied about her account and lied and had classified on there. How is this even similar? This is like saying a bank robber and somebody who goes in to use an ATM are the same. And it's just nonsense. It's just a lie. Anyway, team, we got more coming up. I'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. All right, team, welcome uh, back 
to the Freedom Hunt. Great to have you as always. And uh, wanted to close out today's show with, uh, first of all, of course, please do join 6 to 9 Eastern on Buck Sexton with America now. Okay, there's another, of course, uh, a couple of incidents that I want to pull together from the progressive left. And one of them is the incident at Middlebury College, which is just like a less good version of Amherst College. Uh, So there's that. But Middlebury is uh, is one of these well-regarded liberal arts colleges. Uh, It's up in Vermont. And a uh, Charles Murray, whom I've had on radio before, who's a very polite and genteel man uh, and, and very smart. And he was up at Middlebury to speak about the, well, class structure in the U.S. and what's been happening, his book coming apart. And that's enough, I suppose, of an incitement for some of the loony left to not just protest. Look, protesting is fine, but there's also way too much deference given to protesters. I mean, sure, you can walk around with a sign that says, you know, blank the president or with profanity on it. And you can do that. And, and that's legal. And certainly no one should make it illegal. And the government shouldn't try to stop you from doing that. But it's also legal for me to say those people are idiots and they are childish and their arguments are um, horrifically stupid and they should be ashamed of themselves. And this is where I get very annoyed with these colleges and universities because they always fall back on this, well, First Amendment means that we can't say anything about these protests. But that's not really true because they will weigh in and they will... Dis- I mean, when I mean they, I mean the administration. I mean deans and you know, university and college uh, presidents, the people that run these places, they will, in fact, uh, share their opinions. They will condemn certain things. They'll do that. But they, when they want to just have no part in it, they'll say, well, it's the First Amendment. You know, uh, This reminds me of at my own college when there was a flag burning a couple of weeks after 9-11. The Boston Globe wrote about it. The flag burning, and I'm not even sure if the Globe included this part, but I was there, so I know. The flag burning happened and an event that was meant to be a, a gathering of community and a thank a thanks from those who had lost family members in the towers on 9-11 or in the Pentagon or in one of the planes. One of the girls who lost her sister spoke, and she spoke, and, and this was supposed to just be thank you to the community for your support. This wasn't rah-rah, let's go drop bombs on Muslim people in response to 9-11, we're warmongers, we're, you know, it was nothing like that. At all. And by the way, that would have been, all, you know, that, that's a whole other subject and a whole other rally that we could discuss. Um, but the point here is that it was just supposed to be a moment of, of healing in a community that is allegedly obsessed with healing and safe spaces. And But they weren't willing at my own college to create a safe space for those who had just lost their family members in 9-11. And a bunch of complete morons from Hampshire College which is not a reputable place. Uh, and I mean that not in the sense that it's not fancy. I mean, it's not a serious institution based on everything that I saw and learned of it. And people pay $50,000 a year to have what is really daycare for adults uh, with a lot of marijuana smoking going on. And people would say that's wrong of me to save Hampshire. And I'm sure they'll trot out some uh, soon-to-be Nobel laureate kid from the third world who got a scholarship to Hampshire, but that's just the window dressing for what the real day-to-day is there, which is a school with no grades. And I don't mean to beat up on it other than to say that when you have a school where there's no accountability, no grades, and no seriousness, uh, you will also have students who think that it's 
a good idea, a fair idea, a right idea to show up and burn American flags at a gathering of students where where people have lost loved ones. I mean, this this was this was only a few steps away, really, from showing up as the Westboro Baptists do at a funeral and talking about dead troops. And yeah, I'm with you on that. I I my instinctually my feeling is I would like to uh, to to visit. Uh, physical violence upon people that will protest servicemen at a at their at a funeral, um, but uh, you know the the First Amendment is what it is, and it means that although there are some who make an interesting case for intentional infliction of emo- of emotional distress, which is, but I, I don't. It's sort of like fighting words doctrine. I think that you you go down a slippery slope, and the left loves to use the exceptions here with things like uh, hate speech is not free speech. This is what you're hearing from them now. So the moment you start to truncate speech, they take it even further. You say, well, we just do this in extremis. And they say, well, I think extremis is whatever I don't like. Anyway, uh, this the Charles Murray speech, uh, he was uh, surrounded by people who were uh, yelling and screaming and throwing things. And the speech was the speech had to be stopped. And, in, and a professor who was trying to escort him back to his car was uh, injured. A female professor was injured in this whole process. And I, I just have to say, you know, for those who like to take this pretense of, oh, it's just the fringe that does this with progressives. No, this is becoming this is becoming normalized within uh, progressive political circles. Uh, that violence in the face of so grave a threat as Trump is allowable. And even those who don't necessarily engage in it themselves, are oftentimes very willing to explain away this conduct or to try and minimize it or, or just find some means of saying, well, it's not that bad. And it all just comes down to they just hate Trump so much. They just hate Trump so much. And uh, this, for me, is indicative of, of very, we're, we're facing some very big problems down the line because it's early in this presidency for this kind of lunacy. And I haven't even gotten to what happened at the pro-Trump rally in Berkeley. So we'll, we'll hit that tonight on Buck Sexton with America Now. So join me for that, a little teaser for tonight. And we will also uh, be talking about all the latest on everything else. Um, but uh, I'll talk about the Berkeley protests tonight, or the Trump protests. There was real violence there. Pepper spray, people assault with a deadly weapon. Arrests happened. It was completely out of control. Uh, Team, I thank you for joining me today. Always great to have you here with me in the Freedom Hunt. And uh, until tonight or tomorrow, Shield Side. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.